Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the Players NIL podcast. My special guest today, I'm excited to listen to her words of wisdom, Sam Green. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So our worlds have circled around this name, image, and likeness space for the last couple of years, and we have common connections, common interests, common thoughts about it. But before we get to that, I always like to ask my guests about their upbringing and their childhood and maybe some of their early memories about sports. And I use two words, sports and athletics. Sports is the participation. Athletics is the fandom part. So maybe if you were an athlete, if you participated, first game you went to with someone that you remember that you idolize some athlete, give us a little background on why sports is important to you. Yeah, sports has kind of always been a part of my background. Um, I danced growing up competitively. My brother always played basketball. I met my husband at 16, and he's been playing professional baseball since. And I danced in college. I danced in the NBA. So it's just kind of always been a part of who I am. I worked at ESPN, um, you know, countless Hornets games, Panthers games, you name it. I did it. I sideline reported for the Hornets and the Panthers as well. So just kind of always been in my blood. As far as a memory, I'd say, you know, growing up in Charlotte, just always going to the Panthers games, um, Hornets as well. And then finally getting to be a dancer for the Hornets was kind of surreal. So, uh, yeah, definitely in my blood. Yeah, well, that's exciting. I, I often say that, you know, there's lots of ways to achieve your goals and chase your passion. It could be music, art, fashion, food, apparel, whatever it may be. Uh, sports for some of us is the avenue that we've chosen or the avenue that was presented to us that we followed, you know. So you're interested in sports. You're very fortunate to have some jobs that people would kill to have. How has your mentality as a dancer, and I'll say an athlete for sure, how has it affected your professional career? What are the skills that transferred? What is the mentality? Then maybe was there a time where you had to reach back deep inside and say, I'm going to keep going? Share with us a little bit about that. I think the main thing that sports really teaches athletes that can apply into the real world real word world I can't talk I'm sorry Mark um is really like achieving a goal and setting up a plan to get there so when I had the goal of making it to the NBA I had to hit a certain weight I had to you know hit certain tricks I had to choreograph a certain dance I had these metrics that I had to hit so there were steps that I had to put into place you know nutritional guides workouts whatever it may be practicing to nail these tricks to really achieve that goal. And then you hit the goal and you see the reward or the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that really applies in the work world as well. There's always going to be metrics or measurements or even level of success that you want to achieve and you have to map out a plan to get there. So I think also determination, it may sound cliche. A lot of people say that with sports, but it's true. Like you have to get out there. My husband pitches and he will have a bad game, give up six runs and he has to wake up, get out there and do it again in front of thousands of the fans. And on national television. So I just think the determination of you got to get up, you got to be willing to embarrass yourself, get a little bit dirty and do it anyway is really helpful because no matter what you do in life, there's going to be hardships that come up and are you going to quit or are you going to figure out a way to overcome it? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all true and it's great stuff. And I love, I love your perspective on it. What's it like to be a female in the crazy world of men's sports? <laughs> I've been in it since I what 18 so I think I'm just kind of I feel like I'm one of the boys now maybe that's not the right way to look at it but it doesn't really truly phase me I think that every year that goes by luckily there's more women that get involved in the space and what's cool is since there's not as many women in the world of sports uh it is a tighter 
like knit community than what you would think. So thanks to social media, I've been able to meet a lot of incredible girls that kind of have become part of my support system. So although there are a few of us, it's it's a tight knit group. Well, that's a great segue. You talked about social media. It's your profession now. You've taken all of your experience on and off the court, in and out of the athletic arena, and you're applying it to young athletes, specifically in name, image, and likeness, and specifically in social media. Tell us a little bit about your work today. Yeah. So one thing that I noticed specifically in the NIL is, you know, a lot of these deals are based around brands paying athletes to create content. And I've had conversations over the years of athletes not even knowing where to begin on how to even create a piece of content. And that really hurts them in the name, image and likeness space, because that's where all the money is going. And so I was an editor at ESPN and I learned how to do everything from my phone so that I now can teach these athletes how to actually create a custom video. What shots do they need to take that, you know, they need to include in their video content. So I really help athletes start to finish, get started with creating content. I believe I'm really a missing piece to teaching the athletes how to execute these NIL deals. What are some of the major mistakes that you see over and over again? What are athletes doing wrong? They are committing to five, posting five times a week, creating a ton of content, getting super strict and like rigorous in a schedule off the jump. They don't go viral and then they quit and they give up because they got burnt out versus really slowing it down, coming up with the plan and planning for the four or five, sometimes even six years of school that they have and really mapping it out to build something longer term. Do you believe in content calendars? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I personally am a mess and don't use them. I kind of like the creative freedom. Things pop up in the sports world. I you know, did a lot of reporting. So you can have this great mapped out plan and then something pops up that's more important, more timely and relevant that you kind of got to be able to shift your plan. I have a long list of content ideas and I just kind of execute it as far as, you know, what seems relevant, add things in. Uh, I definitely recommend them for, you know, I think a lot of people's brains are different with content. Some people like to wing it and like to be creative like myself. A lot of others, like for some athletes, they're waking up at six in the morning. They got two a days, they have games, they have practice, they have school, whatever, that they have to have that into their schedule. So I think it's a personal preference, but I think I'm actually like, on the outside, like I think most people do use them actually. <laughs> yeah. And I think athletes a lot of times are, are used to structure and regiment. Right. But I also see where it can take away from the creative freedom. Right. And um, totally. so, so start off slow as a recommendation, be a little bit more free flowing, be, be a little bit more authentic. Right. That's a word that gets used a lot. Um, but how about in the actual execution? What should athletes be thinking about? as they're using their device to tell a story, because that's what social media is, is it's storytelling, right? Yeah, they need to really consider the fact that they're an athlete and that that's what their audience and the brand wants to see. That I did a, the first ever NIL study. It was a neuro tracking study where I studied the differences between user generated content and professionally produced content. And I proved that an athlete eating a protein bar and just talking about it outperformed a professionally produced piece by Buick. And so I think the thing that athletes really need to keep in mind is like showcasing them and their lives behind the scenes, the work that it takes to just show up as them every single day is what these brands want to see. It's what's authentic. It's what your audience is watching for. So really just bringing them along your journey. You don't have to overcomplicate it. You don't have to worry about what's the best viral opening hook. You don't have to worry about, you know, hitting the the perfect time of posting like you guys are who you are and there's an audience watching you because of who you are you just got to hit record 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. You know, I think that a lot of people get caught up in the, uh, uh, the storytelling problem. They try to be too salesy, right? They try to be a marketing person that they're not. Fan is short for fanatic. Athletes have a fan base, a fanatical following. I don't care if you're a high school athlete, division three, college division two, there are people that have watched you play, cheered for you, read about you in the paper, saw you at the high school award ceremony. So connecting with them, right? That authenticity part, that storytelling part. You know, I spent 15 years in Los Angeles working in Hollywood using sports to tell stories. And to me, the most amazing thing that I, that I found was that storytelling was hard because people were trying to tell a story about what they thought the audience wanted to hear when the audience just wanted to hear their story. Does that resonate with you? 100% because it used to frustrate me when people would tell athletes, hey, you should incorporate storytelling because when a lot of people think of storytelling, they think of the Nike, they think of the Under Armour commercials where it is that expensive production. It's, you know, a million dollar cameras out there, like recording these athletes behind the scenes in the locker room, really a borderline a documentary just to fulfill a storytelling commercial. And I think it really like commercialized the thought of storytelling versus again, my NIL study just proved that you can press record and tell a story even about a protein bar as an athlete. And that is storytelling as well. So I actually think that society has kind of done a bad job of defining storytelling and it's almost daunting to a lot of these athletes they don't even want to get involved in it they rather just post kind of their sports pictures on instagram because they feel like they can't fulfill or live up to you know the definition of storytelling so again if i could just say anything it's you know it's just really showing your audience who you truly are yeah i love it so there's a narrative out there that i often repeat and i probably shouldn't because i don't know the facts but is it true that female athletes are better at storytelling on social than male athletes? <laughs> you know, I, I would have to look at the analytics. I don't know, you know, the data behind that, but it, it comes a little bit more natural for the ladies. I would say, I think, I don't, I don't know why it just does. I think, you know, girls maybe are willing to put themselves out there just a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, we have seen, you know, even in the NIL space, a lot of the girls are the ones putting themselves out there with the storytelling. It seems like that from an uneducated viewer standpoint. Two years in NIL, slightly over two years. You're in the space intimately. You work with athletes on a daily basis. You see good storytelling, bad storytelling, athletes with great brands, athletes with bad brands. What are some of the takeaways after the first two years of NIL? What do you see that's good? What do you see that makes you nervous? Uh, what I see is good is that NIL is putting athletes on the map that may have never had this platform or this opportunity. I know it sounds cliche, but the D2, the D3 athletes who may not even have a single minute on the court or on the field, but yet they're making thousands of dollars and maybe even paying their way through college through the NIL. I think it's allowing a lot of athletes who are extremely creative and talented with photography, videography, even video editing, really be able to put their work on a higher platform. And to me, that <laughs> sounds cheesy, but it's beautiful. Like, I love it. Like, I think it's, you know, really what these athletes truly deserve. They deserve a little bit of this limelight. They put in all this work. They bring in a lot of money for the universities. You know, they, they deserve this. I think what's bad, I, I'm biased. Like, I don't want to sit here and be cheesy and say, I don't see the bad, but I really don't. I'm a mega fan of the NIL. So, you know, my lips are sealed as far as any negatives. Yeah, I feel like any negative is someone else's insecurities, that, that it is an opportunity to be a positive influence. And 
at the Players NIL, we're coaching athletes every day to use athletics to better their life. And then some of them to use athletics to better the lives of the people around them. And we do that through storytelling and connecting through a local audience. And we use charity events and philanthropy, community service to do that. You know, it connects you with people. I said to someone this morning that I think 20 years from now, we're going to look back at the beginning of NIL and realize that it spawned a whole generation of athlete entrepreneurs, right? That these people are going to create amazing companies, do amazing things in the world, and that they're just getting a platform. NIL is just a platform for these truly entrepreneurial, creative, smart, intelligent, interesting people who are using athletics to better their lives to maybe change the world. And that would be an exciting thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So if I'm an athlete out there and I want to find Sam Green, where do I find her? How do I connect? What are the services that you provide? This is your Mm -hmm. chance to shamelessly plug what you do. (laughs) Appreciate it. Follow me on Instagram, Sam B. Green. I'm really good about answering if you slide into my DMs. My website is nilwithsamgreen.com. How I work with athletes right now is on an individual level. So with consultations, a lot of uh, NIL agencies or even individual athletes will uh, work with me one-on-one. I'll help them create customized plans, uh, give you guys content creation ideas for your partnerships, teach you all the apps that you need, all the tricks that you need, how to physically edit your video and create this content, how to optimize social media for your NIL deals. And then you know, where I'm really making the biggest impact is at the collegiate and collective level. Colleges will bring me in. I run a hands-on content creation workshop. I provide the athletes with product. We go through, we learn how to actually shoot the product from our phones and we learn start to finish how to edit these videos that brands are paying for. So I've done that um, frequently with colleges and then collectives. And an additional service that I do with the collectives is a lot of collectives will host a local activation, NIL activation, like a restaurant opening near the college. And I will come in and actually teach the athletes how to shoot and optimize, you know, the event to promote it on social media so that all parties are getting the most out of this event. Awesome. Hey, media media consulting is, is a big thing. And obviously 70 plus percent of NIL deals in the first two years, I think, are social media based. So it's really important. Sam, you really dropped some great nuggets of wisdom and, and, and some bombs. Anything that you want to say to our audience about the future? Any words of wisdom or empowerment speech that you want to share with us? Yeah, one thing that separates me is teaching the video editing. And to me, a lot of people have said, you know, oh, AI, AI. So one last nugget that I have is utilize AI because it is beneficial, but it will never really be able to replace the authenticity of creating a customized video with emotion, with the storytelling mark that we've been talking about. So hit me up if you guys really want to learn start to finish how to create your content and engage an audience. Love it. Hey, you've been a great guest. I love your work. I love what you're doing for athletes, using athletics to better the lives of the people around you. Sam, thank you for being my guest today. Appreciate you, Mark. Have a great day. You too.